You know, as we go through the Old Testament, we see many different figures, different people that we can learn lessons from. And oftentimes our mind goes to the exact people that we talked about. Who did, who did, who did we think about? We think about Daniel. We think about David. We think about Moses and Joseph. And, and these are all good. And then when it comes to the women, we think about Esther and Ruth. And these are, these are common individuals that we can learn from and study, but there's many, as Will, Brother Will shared with us, that are that are not as popular necessarily or as well known. But we learn lessons from their life. And one individual I think is well known, and um, in Scripture, if you study the Old Testament scriptures um, or read through the Bible, it's somebody that oh yeah yeah that's somebody, and um, and it's the life of Hannah. Take your Bibles to First Samuel chapter one, First Samuel chapter one. Hannah, we'll see in the Old Testament, um, was the mother of, of Samuel. And we'll see very quickly that Hannah was a woman that trusted God. She was a woman that lived her life by, by faith, despite what was going on and, and her circumstances. And in chapter 1 and chapter 2 of 1 Samuel, we look at this woman's life, and there's several lessons that I want to share with you tonight. Father, I thank you for, Lord, the lessons that we even heard about tonight. And Lord, it's amazing how as we study your word, you bring these things to our remembrance and, and how, Lord, in times like this, we can remember, but Lord, even in times of difficulty and struggles, Lord, just in situations in life, your word can come back to us and, and be a help to us in those moments. And Father, I pray now as we study the life of Hannah, that we would learn some truths that can be a help and encouragement to us as we live in this world today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, as, you, as we look at Hannah's life, she's somebody that's familiar, not because of necessarily who she is, but because of who her son is and, um, and the situation around having uh, her son. And so, but I want us to look at chapters one and chapter two of 1 Samuel and really learn several lessons from the life of this, this woman, uh, Hannah, there. The first thing I want you to see is that Hannah had problems. Hannah had problems. Look with me in chapter one, beginning in verse number one. Now, there was a certain man of Ramath-Zophim, of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jerome, Jerome, excuse me, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, and, and Ephraite, there you go. He, and he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, the name of the other, Penina. Now there's the first problem, right? Her husband had two wives. And... Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went out of the city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons, Eli and Hophni and Phinehas, the priest of the Lord, were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and her daughters portions. Notice there, all her sons and daughters but to Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. The first problem, really the main problem that we see in Hannah's life, is that the Lord had closed up her womb. You know, oftentimes when we live our lives and we try to, to serve God, 
we believe that nothing wrong should ever happen to us in our life. I mean, we're, we're, we're faithful, we're trying to do right, we're trying to live for you, we're going to church, we're teaching Sunday school, we're, you know, we're witnessing, we're giving, we're sharing, giving missions, we go on missions trips, you know, whatever it is, we, we're, we're, God, we're, we're trying to do these things, and then when something difficult comes up to us in our life, you know, we, we kind of question God, as it, why are you allowing this uh, to happen? But the, the, the truth is, is that problems happen to all of us. They're, they're a natural reality of life. You know, just as we went around, um, and I had you think about Old Testament characters and lessons that you can learn, if I were to ask you to share a difficulty or a problem that's happened to you in your life, probably everybody's hand would shoot up quickly, because all of us have dealt with problems, difficulties, trials, even in the midst of, of serving the Lord. And, you know, but oftentimes we, we, we see people that get angry with God and they, they struggle in their even service for God. Many people have quit church, quit serving in the church because of a difficult situation that's happened to them um, in their life. But we see in Hannah's life that Hannah had, she was a faith, faithful a uh, servant of God, and yet she had problems. In verses 6 through 8, you'll see that her adversary, this other wife, also provoked her sore for to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. And so not, not only did she not have a child, but she lived in this environment. She lived in this home where there was conflict because this other lady, her, basically the Bible gives us a picture of her rival, had multiple sons and daughters, and yet she had no children. And so, but we learn from the life of Hannah that people of faith, people that believe in God, people in our time that have trusted Christ as their Savior are not without problems. And we take it a step even further. The Lord came, he lived his life, and he told his disciples, I'm going to leave, and you're going to be here, and you're going to be persecuted. You're, you're going to have trials and you're going to have difficulties. He, James tells us to count it all joy when we find ourselves in these trials and difficulties. You know, they're, they're a natural part of life. And you know, it's amazing. We know that. We've heard sermons about it and we've heard sermons about how we're to react and how we're to live in the midst of those trials and difficulties. But yet there's like this part of us that is shocked and we don't understand it and we, we question God but really, in the midst of these trials, we should learn to trust in the Lord. Look at verse number seven, if you would. And as he did, so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her, therefore she wept and did not eat. You know, it's easy to notice the, prov the provoking and the conflict with the other person, but I want you to notice something in Hannah's life. Year by year, she faithfully went and worshiped the Lord. Year by year, she faithfully went and worshiped the Lord. In the midst of her trials, listen, I, if it was me, it would have been better. Listen, I'll just stay back this year. You, you guys go and do your thing. I'll just stay here, take care of the house. If you want to leave some of the young kids back, I'll even babysit for you. But, but I'm just getting tired, tired of dealing with this. But no, she was faithful to go and worship the Lord year, year by year, even in the midst of of this trial, even in the midst of this difficulty. And so the first lesson that we can learn from Hannah's life and really from many Old Testament people is that just because we love God, just because we're faithful to God, 
does not mean that we're going to be without problems. The opposite really is true. We should expect them to come. The second thing we see in Hannah's life is that Hannah was a person of prayer. Hannah was a person of prayer. When, when we struggle in life, a lot of times we can find ourselves kind of leaving the Lord out of our life. When really the Lord is somebody that we should go and, and talk to. You know, it's very difficult to do life by yourself. It's, it's very difficult to do life by yourself and not to have a, have a best friend or a spouse or maybe a sibling that we're close to that we can, you know, discuss our problems with and things of that nature. But, you know, even when we have somebody like that, sometimes the, the situations are so tough and we're struggling with something, maybe we're even, you know, we don't want to talk about it. And there's really nobody that we can share and open up with. And, and maybe this was a situation in Hannah's life. Here she wanted children. She's having to see daily these children running around that aren't hers. Her husband loves these children. And it's a, it's a tough situation for her. But what is Hannah's reaction? Look at verse number 10. The Bible says, And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. When Hannah's heart was broken... She prayed to the Lord. The Bible says that she went before the Lord in bitterness of soul, and, and she wept. You know, it's like a lot of times in our prayer time, we kind of have our pattern, right? I mean, you know, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the day. We thank you for, you know, this. We thank you for our food. We thank you for our children, whatever. And we kind of go through this, this pattern. And I don't picture Hannah doing that at all. As she's broken before God, and the Bible says in the, the bitterness of her soul, she prays to the Lord and she weeps. It's okay to cry. It's okay to, to go before God with when our heart, is, our heart is broken. The third thing we see in Hannah's life, not only... Was she, did she have problems, and she was a, a person of prayer, but we see that Hannah experienced God's providing or God's provisions. Now notice, she poured out her heart to God. Verse 19, the Bible says, And they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord, and returned and came to their house to Ramah, and Elkanah, Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, Notice this, the Lord remembered her. The Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came in verse 20 to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, because I've asked him of the Lord. We see that Hannah petitions God and fervently prays and yet she, and she sees the provision of God in her life. Now, I believe that God is a God that answers prayer. And I believe when we petition God and we cry out and call unto God, that God answers our prayers. But, you know, when Hannah prayed to God, she prayed believing. She prayed believing that God would give her his will. I believe that wholeheartedly. 
She had a heart's desire, and she wanted this child, and I believe that Hannah would have stayed faithful to worshiping God and believing God, even if he hadn't given this, this son. You know, God may give us the things that we want, but as we come to the scriptures, we see very clearly that God will answer our prayers according to his will, and we should expect and desire him to answer our prayers according to his will. I said, you know, I prayed for sick loved ones. You know, I prayed that they would live, and yet they died. God answered my prayer according to his will. Not my will and not my, my selfish desires, but according to, to his will. Really, ultimately, our prayers should be that God's will be done. That, that should be our ultimate goal, is that God's will will be done. Now, we can pray in the middle of that, that we get our way and we get what our heart desires as well. But ultimately, we should pray and desire that God's will will, will be done. And Hannah, I believe, prayed that way and prayed and petitioned God for something that she wanted. And she was able to see God's hand, God's hand work. One author said, God will always, God will always provide what we need. It may not be what we want but it will always be what we need. And he will always meet our needs for his glory and his honor. Number four, then we see Hannah's promise. Hannah's promise. In verse 22, the Bible says, Hannah went not up, for she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned, and then will I bring him that he may appear before the Lord and there abide forever. If you'll remember back with me, Hannah, when she prayed in her grief to God, she said, God, I... I want this child. And she, broke, she reached out with a broken heart. And, and she said, if you give me a child, a son, I will give him back to you. She planned to keep her promise. And she carried out that promise in verses 24 through, through 28. In verse 28, the Bible says, Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord and he worshiped the Lord there. Hannah kept her promise, and they worshiped God. You know, it's important when we pray that we keep our vows to the Lord, that we, we, we do what we say we're going to, we're going to do. You know, we, we hear stories about people in the midst of trauma and tragedies, you know, make professions of God and promises, God, if you'll do this, if you'll save me, if you'll help me, then I'll do all these things and all that type of stuff. But we do the same thing as Christians. God, if you'll help me in this, then I'll, you know, and we, we make that. And, and yet how often do we fail to follow through with that? And then we see here a picture of, of worship. You know, she worshiped God. Why is that? Because she was grateful. She was, she was grateful to God for the blessings in her life and that he provided, he provided this son. Now, many of us would come to this situation and we'd say, well, wait a minute, it doesn't really make sense here. Like she wanted this child and God gave her this child, this son, and then she took him and left him to stay with Eli and, and he was there. It, that doesn't really make sense. She wanted this child, but she understood, and we can see from this passage, she understood that that son belonged to God. That son was just entrusted to her, and she understood that she made a promise to God, and she was going to fulfill that promise. 
We don't do this with our children, but we do it oftentimes with our material things, don't we? You know, God, if, if you'll give me a raise, then I'll, I'll give more, right, to the church. It's kind of our mindset. And I'll, and I'll sacrifice and I'll give more. And, and the truth is, is the more we make, the less we sacrifice, oftentimes. Because what happens? When we make more, our standard of living gets higher. Because now, instead of driving the Ford Escort, we have to drive the, you know, Lamborghini. Anybody driving a Lamborghini in here? So, you know, we have to drive the Range Rover or maybe just the Cadillac because, you know, we're making more money. And, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, with driving those type of vehicles if God blesses you and, and you have those things. But we, we, you know, kind of, we kind of put this before God and if you do this, then I'll do this. And what happens is we forget we forget our vow, and now what happens is these resources, this house, these kids, the cars, what my life, it's mine. And so now I'm going to do what I want to do with it instead of doing what God wants or even fulfill the promise that I have made to God. You know, as Christian parents, we often pray for our kids. Lord, you know, we just want them to grow up and be saved. Lord, we just want them to grow up and get a good education. Father, we just help them, you know, grow up and serve you. That's really what we want. You know, we're lying most of the time because we struggle letting them go. They grow up and what happens? We don't want them to move out of the town we live in. We, we don't want them to move off the block that we live on. Like we struggle with that because we, they, because they're ours, they're our children. If we wanted them to grow up and serve God, then we'd say, okay, the God, they're yours. If you take them, you know, to Indianapolis, that's great. If you take them to Alabama, that's great. If you take them to Africa or China or, or to Central America, Lord, that's great. That, I just want them to grow up and, and serve you. And that's easy to say, but when it comes down to it, to have to do it. And then they come home and they say, you know what? I want to go to college, you know, 13 hours away. You know how many parents have told me it's just too far away? Are you kidding me? The day and age which we live in, it's like a two-hour plane ride, first of all. But if that's where God sends them, that's where God sends them. Like, but, well, it's just, I just want them close to home. Now, listen, that, that, that's, that's foolish thinking. If we're saying, God, I want you to take them where you want them to go. I want them to do what you want them to do. Now, if they go to that Bible college or that Christian college, they might marry somebody that wants to be in the ministry. They might come home and they might not make more money than I make. And, you know, I always said I want them to have it better than I had it. And that means they have to make more money and have a better income. That means they have to have a better life than, than I've had. That's foolishness. That's unbiblical thinking. If we say, God, I want them to be saved and I want them to serve you, then they're yours. And they're going to go wherever you want them to go. And, hey, listen, I'll be happy with it. And I'll be excited with it. And you can bet if they move to Africa, I'm saving up for a plane ticket every year because I'm going to go visit, especially when those grandkids come. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show up. You know, we live in a day and age where, listen, there were times when kids moved away, you might not see them for five years or whatever. We don't live in that age anymore. You can see them every night on FaceTime or Zoom or something, but you can just get on a plane and go and visit them. And yet we still struggle with that. Because, we, because they're ours. Hannah prayed and said, God, I'm going to give them back to you. They're, they're yours. He's yours. And look at what she did. She followed through with it. And she went, she worshiped God, and then she went back home. 
And then the fifth lesson that we see here is that even in the midst of all this and leaving her son there, we see that Hannah was a person of praise. She, she praised God in the midst of it. Verse, chapter 2, verse 1, Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. Talk no more so exceeding proudly. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. Hannah praised the Lord. And we see that she praised the Lord for his help and his blessings upon her, her life. You know, we should be people that rejoice in the blessings. But oftentimes, you know, we, we struggle. We, you know, we struggle. I remember when I first started pastoring in Belmont, there was about 40 people. We had two deacons. One was 72 and one was 69. And they had been deacons in the church for 50 years. And um, there were two different families that represented in the church. And, and I remember sitting down with him at TL. Was a, he just loved the Lord. His name was TL. And, and he was the 69-year-old. And we were sitting at his table. And Sammy was the other deacon. Just They loved God. And, and they loved the church. And, and they just said, I mean, we want to see people reached. And we want to see our church grow and all of that. And so we went through the whole conversation and my expectations and their expectations. And I was like, all right, praise the Lord. I said, I'm going to come. And, and the Lord took us and we moved there. And I remember about a year and a half after we were there, TL called me and he's like, hey, listen, I need to, I need to meet with you. And so I went and drove over to his house and we sat down at the same kitchen table. And he said, listen, there's just too many people in our church. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, this is what you said you wanted. This is what you said that you wanted to happen. You wanted to reach people. You wanted to see people come to the church. He's like, yeah, there's just, there's just too many people here in our church right now. We got we to gotta slow down a little bit. And that's a lot of times how we are. Like, oh, God, this is what I want. And then we get it. And it's like, yeah, this is, this is not what we want. And instead of praising God, or we're the type of people that no matter what God gives us, we're going to complain. We're going to find things wrong with it. You know, what, what, why, are there, why are there too many people? That's what I asked them. Why are there too many people? Well, there's all these kids in the church. And if you know me at all, I love kids being in the church. I love them being around and noise and excitement and all that type of stuff. And, and I was like, man, it's great. We should want these kids in the church. And we should be excited these younger families are coming and all of that type of stuff. I mean, when you're going to die, you're, six, you're 70 years old, dude. Like, I mean, you're not going to be here much longer. I mean, who's going to replace you? And he laughed. And, you know, and he's like, you're right, but I still don't like it. And, um, you know, but, you know, we, we say we want things and then we... we you know, we, we're complainers and gripers. And, and, you know, the amazing thing is, no matter what happens, there's always going to be good things, but there's also going to be conflicts. Right now, we're remodeling the school gym. And um, you just don't understand the things I didn't even think about when we started that. Easter Sunday morning, I walked into there, and we had the breakfast in there. And I thought, oh, are you kidding me? Why did I not think about the smell of the paint. I blame Brandon for it. I mean, because he's sitting over there. No, I walked in. I didn't even think about it. It was like, I, just, I was like, oh, we can't eat in here. This is terrible. But everybody's in line and everybody's eating. And I was like, ah, we can't do this. So guess what? We can't do the mother-daughter banquet in here because we can't, we can't do that again. It smells like paint. I didn't even think about it. 
But listen, I'm, I'm so grateful that we can remodel the gym. I mean, it's going to be amazing, and it's going to be a great blessing for our school and our church. And, and, and listen, but there's a negative side to it. It's a wreck over there right now. I mean, it's just a wreck over there. But listen, God has blessed us with the resources to be able to do it and, and the people, the experts to do it and the time to do it. I mean, it's, yeah, but, but we'll find issues with it. It's just the natural reality of it. You know, it's not going to be perfect when we're done. We have all these plans drawn up, and I think it's going to be perfect, and I'm going to walk in there, and if, you know, Pastor Stein knows me well enough to know, I'm going to see something that's not right. After I designed it and helped and said, yes, this is what we do, I'm going to look at it and say, that's terrible. I hate it. Let's redo it. I mean, it's just, it drives these guys crazy. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just natural part of life. We, we see these conflicts, and we get, listen, we can always look, look for problems, what we don't like. Hannah could have said, listen, I said I was going to give you the kid, but now I miss him, right? I, I'd love to see him every day as opposed to once a year when I come back to visit. But she doesn't do that. She praises God for his faithfulness and for his blessings upon her life. You know, we always have something to rejoice and to praise God over. I mean, we sing songs like count your blessings, name them one by one, and yet we fail to do it. We look at the negatives and the problems. I've learned a long time ago, anywhere there's people, there's going to be problems. There's going to be difference of opinions. There's going to be conflicts. But listen, everywhere there's people, there's more ministry opportunities. There's more people to minister with. There's more opportunities to reach the community. I mean, it's just a reality of life. And we should be people that are looking for opportunities to praise the Lord. What great lessons we learn from the life of this lady here, who, who wanted a son. That was it. She just wanted a son. And yet God saw fit to share the story with us, to help us learn some important lessons for the days in which we live. Father, thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for the life of this lady. And I pray that, Lord, we would learn these lessons and apply them uh, to our life. When we find ourselves struggling, may we go to you in prayer. Lord, believing, knowing that you're going to answer according to your will and Lord, when you answer, may we be people that praise you and rejoice. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.